my friends. Today I am returning to Ashavid, Zarathustra, the Nordkind Race, and Asha, Divine Natural Law by Eric Dryden. Specifically, we'll be reading from uh, a title, uh, Ancient Germ- uh, Celto-Germanic Culture. I'm just going to begin reading, and if we need to talk about it uh, during the reading, then we'll stop and talk about it. So, Julius Caesar's comments regarding the first century before Common Era, Germans, are generally compatible with Cornelius Tacitus' more detailed description in his The Germania during the late first century of the Common Era. These largely Nordic Germans, or Teutons, shared many common traits with the Celts and, in turn, with the Western civilization that the two kindred people later founded on the need for personal space. Typical Nordics have a need for the personal privacy that comes from having a physical space around their individual dwellings. In the Germania, Tacitus commented on this trait among the Germans. Quote, It is well known fact that peoples of Germany never live in cities and will not even have their houses adjoin one another. They dwell apart, dotted about here and there, Wherever a spring, a plain, or a grove takes their fancy, every man leaves an open space around his house. Mattingly, uh, translated in Agricola and Germania, 1948. On religious traits, Tacitus also pointed out a spiritual characteristic common to all Indo-European nations before they were influenced by alien culture. Quote, The Germans do not think it in keeping with the divine majesty to confine gods within walls or to portray them in the likeness of any human countenance. Their holy places are woods and groves, and they apply the names of deities to that hidden presence which is only seen by the eye of reverence. However, ignorance-derived superstitions and the Angramanu although infrequent practice of human sacrifice contaminated these other lofty spiritual traits. As among the Celts, only the pirates were allowed to carry out punishments such as death, imprisonment, or flogging. Another common and inherent trait of Indo-Europeans is the contempt for cowards and homosexuals. Regarding the Germans, Tacitus observed that while traitors and deserters were hanged on trees, the worst punishment was reserved for cowards, shirkers, and sodomites. They were suffocated by being pressed down under a wicker hurdle into the slimy mud of a bog. This was done because their actions were looked upon as deeds of shame that should be buried out of men's sight. That's from Tacitus, uh, page 111. On Political Customs and Relations Between Men and Women As among all Indo-Europeans, before being influenced by alien ideas, the clan and tribal assemblies of warriors could elect and impeach a chief. However, unlike the Celts, a deposed chief was usually banished instead of executed. Minor public matters were decided by the nobles alone, but important decisions 
were debated by the entire assembly. And as among the Celts, during these public gatherings, there was much drinking of alcohol to encourage truthful speech. The custom was also practiced by their Indo-Aryan kinsmen, the Persians. Tacitus commented that the Germans were not sophisticated enough to refrain from blurting out their innermost thoughts so that every man's soul is laid completely bare. And in day-to-day affairs, the women had their say as well. Tacitus observed that German women believe that there resides in women an element of holiness and a gift of prophecy, and so they do not scorn to ask their advice or lightly disregard their replies. In harmony with Asha's natural law and with uh, concepts probably held by the Celts of old Europe's Atlantic culture, the Germans recognized that one's genetic lineage equally flows from both parents. This idea contradicted Greek and Roman beliefs. They and most other peoples of the earth thought that the genetic inheritance was derived entirely from the man's seed. Among such peoples, a wife became entirely a a member of her husband's family and severed ties with her own. The contrasting contrasting Nordic attitude was summarized by Jameson in 1999 as follows, The German nations held that the children of a marriage owed loyalty to and commanded the right of protection from both the father's and the mother's kinfolk. Indeed, Germanic kinship loyalties followed a strict strictly genetic pattern, end of quote. Another Germanic trait noted in Tacitus' Germania and continued in later centuries uh, was that while a woman may decently express her grief, a man should nurse his in his heart. In other ways, relations between the sexes were both similar and in some ways more noble than in Western civilization that the Germans and Celts later created. Comparing the decadent anti-culture that plagued the multi-ethnic Roman society of his time, Tacitus made the observation about the Teutonic peoples. Quote, Their marriage code is strict, and no feature of morality deserves higher praise. They are almost unique among barbarians in being content with one wife apiece, all of them, that is, except a very few of exalted rank. In the marriage ceremony, a woman is reminded that she enters her husband's home to be the partner of his toils and perils. Adultery is extremely rare. They have, in fact, no mercy on a wife who prostitutes her chastity. Neither beauty, youth, nor wealth can find her another husband. No one in Germany finds vice amusing or calls it up to date to seduce and to be seduced. End of quote. Furthermore, Tacitus reported that infanticide was considered wicked. There is nothing to be gained by the childlessness in Germany, he said. So let's unpack that for a minute. We started with uh, Germanic, uh, Celto-Germanic culture's uh, need for personal space. So uh, Tacitus uh, recorded that among the Germans... Uh, the houses were dotted along the landscape here and there, and they always had some fenced area or a space left between so that you could uh, usually hardly even see your neighbors if you had neighbors. 
Now, today we can look at that and say, well, their population has boomed so much since then that um, we would be hard-pressed to practice that. Uh, but if we look at it closely, we can see that while in um, third-world countries uh, that are overpopulated um, and underdeveloped, we see large people in gatherings like in villages and, and small cities, but they're packed so tight that uh, disease and uh, all sorts of maladies occur uh, because there is no spacing between them. We can see it like in today's um, coronavirus pandemic, pandemic, whatever you want to call it, the need for uh, social distancing, which most uh, most rural people don't have an issue with anyway because they're so far out but we do see a specific demographic mostly in the country and a specific demographic or demographics mostly in urban areas and so uh, even um, in the first century before the common era this this was the common era this was uh, recorded by Tacitus and it holds still today on religious traits it's interesting that um, before uh, alien cultures or uh, before America became a multi-ethnic state uh, or before Europe rather became a multi uh, multi-ethnic state there was very little in the way of um, statuary of gods and especially before the you know in the pre-christian era uh, because while there were uh, cult statues, usually of wood, of Odin and the uh, Asir and the Vanir, of course, there were um, they were usually uh, in the form of a, a wooden totem, and uh, it was not thought that the god resided in it. It was an image to uh, or a symbol in order to focus one's dedication toward the idea. Of that God or the abstract notion of that God and this is attested in uh, most um, books on Asatru and Odinism the uh, relations between men and women is interesting in the light of the what came before that where it talks about where Tacitus observed that traitors and deserters were hanged on trees but the worst punishment uh, of being pressed and suffocated was reserved for cowards shirkers and sodomites now, most people would think that this is uh, non-PC because um, uh, how uh, sodomites and homosexuals were treated. But you have to remember that in the times of in the times that he's recording this, uh, population was not to the point like it is today. Nowhere near it. I mean, it was everyone was spread out over large areas, and uh, for For the, the Teutons and, and the Celts, the religion was tied to the people. And so, if you had, you know, okay, so the Dumezelian and uh, Ptolemaean tripartite society of the gods and, uh, and the society itself of men was divided into three, the top tier being the king slash uh, poet. Or the 
uh, attendant poet or priest along with the king. Uh, and then you had the martial or uh, military uh, branch of the gods and of course society. And then of course the bottom part, the third tier was um, the producers and reproducers. And so if the deities attributed to those classes were uh, in that lower tier were <clears throat> Frey and Freyr, Lord and Lady, uh, and those were fertility gods, then you can see that uh, since the, the majority of the population were producers and reproducers, artists and craftsmen, etc., their whole life was about having uh, sons and sons and daughters, but they emphasize sons. But it was about reproduction to carry on uh, the the bloodline to increase the population, decrease their tribe, and also uh, it was because the Celtic soul and the Germanic soul, uh, they those peoples, our peoples, believed that the soul is immortal, and uh, the Celts even went so far as to say that. That rebirth was such an, uh, an an actuality, a reality, that uh, debts incurred in one life would carry over until a person is reborn, rebirthed, whatever, so that he can then be responsible for the debt in his sex life. So, obviously, uh, the bloodline was you know people were um, thought to reincarnate or be reborn in their in their progeny and so if if one wanted to have immortality other than you know through uh, renown and uh, military prowess and all that so that songs would be sung about them then they would want to be reborn and so you cannot do that without children and children's children and children's children's children because it wasn't necessarily a, uh, the next time you know, a child was born, it was whenever the soul was fit for a new body. So, the importance of reproduction was such a, a key factor in society then that it wasn't just a, a practical thing, but a spiritual thing, a religious thing. And their gods reflected that. And so, if you were something out of the norm and mode of sex for procreation, of course he had sex for fun, Odin is a god of sex for fun, but as far as for practical purposes, uh, you, you could not procreate if you, were, if you were not with the opposite sex, having sex with the opposite sex, and so it was frowned upon. So, if we look at that, then we can see why sodomites, homosexuals, were um, on par with cowards and shirkers as far as punishment goes. Um, so, I, I don't know, I thought that was pretty cool. Um, so, the, uh, the, the relation between men and women, that's interesting too, as far as how um, in a marriage, in a relationship, the men and the women were um, equal in importance, but still, this is not a feminism thing. This is saying that the men were important to the women because they were providers they were warriors, they were protectors, they were hunters, uh, they were makers. The women were important to the men because they were child bearers, child rearers. They, uh, they, they instilled ethics 
from the earliest age on the children and so that was a necessary thing and it was equally as valuable as the men's role and yet they maintained those roles the men were men and the women were women and so that again if you bear off from that then you have a situation where the child is not reared with the ethics of the mother and the father or if there's a child even born then you know because if you're if you're in a homosexual marriage and you're not producing offspring even if you adopted which you know the Celtic cultures and uh, um, Germanic cultures Teutons they all had uh, fostering uh, rituals and fostering uh, traditions and customs so if you're not teaching it from an early age the same thing that the mother and father values then um, then that was a, a break an immediate breakdown of the tradition that had been carried on for millennia before that and had to continue to, to carry on before so that the people's the population's ethic remained and so of course now most of that is gone uh, and I don't know most conservative Americans usually hold those same values and so you now you see why there's such a war between conservative and progressive values uh, between uh, Republicans and Democrat and the more politics is pushed on the people and encouraged uh, people to pick up then the more that divide is going to happen and uh, while one side is going to promote things like homosexuality the other is going to promote um, what the left calls homophobia so I'm not, I'm not I'm not saying either one is right either one is wrong just stating the facts of how it was and uh, to some degree how it still is so if you have any uh, uh, comments on this and I'm sure there will be some hey you can message me at uh, Keon Stave or at uh, Fargal Offer on Facebook or you can Hit me up here on the podcast. You can leave me a message or you can uh, respond to me at mazdanwerewolf.com. That's M-A-Z-D-A-N werewolf uh, at gmail.com. So anyway, I hope you enjoyed the reading. And as always, I bid you ushtate, happiness to you.